and welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Where we remember what everyone else has forgotten. As always, it is Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, and I am joined by the musical... Oh, shit, I had one. Uh, Duncan <laughs> Evans. How are we doing today, buddy? Well, um, oh, shit is about right. Um, I've got currently uh, neuralgia, which is nerve pain. Um, it's this... Uh, well, I think it's been going on for quite a while, actually, but it's it's finally got really bad to the point where I've kind of had to address it and i'm getting there it's been a couple of weeks um since it's got really bad i'm having physiotherapy and chiropractic treatment and all this stuff but it's all related to playing guitar and, and other things that i do but um but the good news is i've been able to pick the guitar up again and i'm building that up and um, with enough ice and hot water bottle treatment and all that good stuff it's it seems to be getting there slowly so i'm quite hopeful actually um but yeah, there we are. So how about yourself, Nick? How are I you am doing? good. I am really tired. I intended to go to sleep early last night, and my wife said, let's go watch the Blues game out. Okay. Yeah. And it was a West Coast game, so it didn't end till midnight. And Okay. Yeah. And so I figured, nice. okay, well, I'll wake up at 7.30. I'll make breakfast. I'll listen to the album. Yeah, none of that happened. I listened to the album, but the rest ended <laughs> up uh, having to get coffee at White Castle because... Uh, it turned out my wife's last Christmas present was delivered to my old house and not my current house. So Okay, so you had to drive there to get where I... Okay, sounds like a lot of fun. And then she said, uh, oh yeah, while you're leaving, go get donuts. Okay, yeah. I'm hypoglycemic, so if I eat donuts in the morning, I'll get sick. And I thought, well, I need some more coffee because I'm didn't. i not going to have time to make a pot of coffee before all this. Uh, well, there's White Castle. They got good coffee, so I got... And because of the donuts, I got myself a, a White Castle cheeseburger for breakfast. So that way I wouldn't get sick from eating too many donuts. So I this planned. This is good. I like how you've set this up, Nick. This is good. This is good planning. Yeah. And then uh, after we do this, we got to run to the movie theater, which is why we had to go early. And then after that, come home, cook dinner, have a great time. And then I have to run to the, the, the hockey rink to see Judas Priest tonight. Oh, wow. That is cool. So I have a hell of a day to be completely worn out. <laughs> a hell bent for leather of a day. Oh, that was bad. Oh, yeah, God. well, there's more where that came from. Um, Always is. But we can prattle on and on and on, or we can take the bull by the horns with the leather or something. I don't know. And we <laughs> <laughs> and I will ask you to introduce our guest to this week, since this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we have um, Jim Sinan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But Jim, anyway, from the fantastic Sick Bay. Um, and Jim will tell us a little bit more about Sick Bay, his band, in a moment. We're going to play a track of theirs too. Um, but hello, Jim. How are you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm doing good. By the way, Judas Priest, my wife and I went, like, I guess it was two weeks ago. And uh, we saw them in uh pennsylvania oh nice they, they kicked ass it was a good show i uh i'm I really went. She, she got the tickets and i was kind of like eh, but it was a really good show it was worth it i won tickets from the the venue whenever the event this particular venue because it's one the a smaller hockey rink out in the exurbs when they don't uh fill up the shows you can win tickets by sending them an email and I, for some reason, I'm the runner-up every time I enter these contests, as I do air quotes. Uh, <laughs> I never win front row, but I, I win tickets. So okay. I'm really excited to see Queensryche for at least the fourth time. I should. I was mention, like, eh, I was bored. I should bored. mention, I hate Queensryche. Yeah. <laughs> and I have never intended to see them. This is my fourth time. They were... Um... You know, they're, they're good. They're good musicians, but it's just not my thing. I was bored to death. I was like, holy shit. Because I didn't, we didn't know they were playing. The ticket just said Judas Priest when mm -hmm. we got it. So, eh. yeah, I'm meeting somebody up there, or I would just skip that part. <laughs> <laughs> but we could talk about Judas Priest all day. Tell us about Sick Bay. What do you got going on? So, Sick Bay, we're, um, we're like, I don't know what we are, hardcore slash death metal band. Um, we're from New York. Uh, we're from the Beacon area, which is about an hour and a half north of New York City. Um, we recently, well, not recently now, February, we released an EP called Brutal Existence through Redefining Darkness Records. Um, and we've just been out having a good time, you know. 
been playing a lot of shows, um, traveling around. We're writing our a full length right now, so nice. getting ready to record sometime soon. We haven't set a date yet, but so the EP up. was the debut. Um, it was our debut with Redefining Darkness. We have um, we had released four previous re- releases. We had oh, okay. um, a demo, an EP, and two full lengths that we re- really released on our own. Um, nice. So what yeah. what shows have you got coming up? Right now we don't have we kind of have a break because we're working on writing. Um, we just finished a bunch of shows. Um, we opened for Dying Fetus. Uh, we opened for Fit for an Autopsy. Um, nice. Here, I put on a, a Death Fest in Brooklyn. Oh, cool. We just played that at the end of September with Malignancy, Parexia, Mortal Suffering, um, Torn in Half. Like it wound up nice. being twenty two bands. It was holy fun hell. time. That's amazing. So you put that on yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year it's called Death Fest, or it has a different name. Or it, Back from the Dead Fest. So last Back from year, the Dead Fest, right, right, right. Last year, coming out of the pandemic, it was tough getting things together, and like we did, like some we had set up some smaller shows. It was tough getting anything kind of cool going, and I had put in to, to get on some different fests and heard nothing back. So I said, "Fuck it, you know, we're in New York. Why not have our own fest?" So I put it together, called it Back from the Dead, and uh. It was like it got all screwed up because of the vaccine mandates and all that shit, and it got put off. But then, when it happened, it was a, we had a good time. The place packed out, so I, everybody said we got to do this again next year. So I did, and I'm working on getting one set up for next September. So yeah, I amazing. I mean, that's the, yeah. I think that's what you've just got to do sometimes. You you know you've got to just uh, take that DIY spirit and literally just do it yourself, and things right. happen. You know, right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, same with me. I hadn't done a show for ages with the lockdowns and all that, and nothing was really happening. And I just, I just booked one myself, and I did it about a few weeks ago, and it's and it's great. And now I'm really excited about it, and we're rehearsing, and it just feels like things are happening. And it's like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can book more shows now. This is this is not so hard, you know. Right, so, right. Yeah, man. And if so you know, if you know a bunch of people, like I'm friends with like a ton of bands, so you know, I'm an old fuck. So over the years, you know. I know everybody, so it's it's easier to get something like that together just because everybody's down and have a good time, and get loud. Totally, yeah. If you're part of the scene, and you just yeah, exactly, you just bring the scene in, don't you? So, yeah, man. So we've we've I think we're gonna play your track, um, fueled by hatred, um, at some point. So, uh, I know Nick and I have been listening to that. Um, it sounds amazing. Oh, thank um, you. So I Agreed. mean, straight. Yeah, straight off the, you know, the production is brilliant, absolutely crisp, punishing, brutal, everything, um, and a really cool style as well. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say death metal is not my first port of call, and um, probably much more Nick's thing than mine. But, um, but you know, but I do like my my hardcore, and this obviously has that kind of rough, scuzzy punk edge, and that that makes me really like um, what you're doing. You know, you've got this all these really kind of dirty breakdowns and just absolutely uh, punishing riffs and the vocals are amazing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if Nick has anything to say about that, but I really like the track. I, I definitely really like that track. And I, from listening to that, listening to that song, it, I definitely heard why you chose today's subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's sit there a little bit. So just to finish up with the EP, um, it was recorded by Mike, Mike Yusufer, who's a guitar player for a band called Primeval. Oh, yeah. Um, he has a studio called Oral Assault, Oral Assault Studios. And um, he's a great guy, does great work. He's, he's done all he's done all our recordings, mixing, mastering. He's a... Uh, nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, shout out to the guy. Yeah, absolutely. So just, I was just going to ask, what do you, what's your role in the band? Because we've been um, chatting by email and I realize I don't actually know what you do in the band. Guitar player. Yeah. So we're a three piece. So yeah. guitar player, um, Tommy Peluso is a singer, bass player, um, Joe Moreno is a drummer. Sure, sure, cool, cool. So so I'm kind of yeah, like I'm kind of like the band dad, you know. I, I uh, do all the you know other stuff besides playing the music. So I'm sorry, Jim, right? What, yeah. What was your last name again? Uh, Signin. So, okay, so Signin Peluso Moreno. Yeah, that's a New York band. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the hard, the hardcore stuff and the breakdowns. I mean, we're we're Poughkeepsie is like the is right next to where we are, and 
that was kind of like through the late 80s and 90s that was kind of like a landing spot for all bands to stop through as they were going through the northeast so they're you know we grew up with a, a lot of a mix of everything you know pretty much all the hardcore bands out of the city came up you know all the death metal bands all the you know 80s heavy metal stuff so there's like uh this area has a unique sound kind of like that hardcore blend of everything just because it was kind of like a melting pot of music coming through here and everybody yeah, man. it used to be i mean it's not no more with the internet but you know <laughs> friday saturday nights whoever was playing everybody was at, at the show you know yeah man i'm just hey, gonna yeah. say i saw um saw chromags very recently um yeah. They were great. I'd never seen them before, but um, I mean, you you probably know those guys. I don't know. Yeah, but, we opened for them just before the shutdown. You know. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Show. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant show. Yeah. Harley Flanagan. And I can never tell. You probably know, but I can never tell how serious he is when he starts like shouting at the sound guy and like. Right, right. Yeah. It's like I don't know if he's joking or not. But you know, it was it was fantastic. Right, Everything right, right. you wanted from a proper, you know, New York hardcore kind of uh, <laughs> show. So uh, there we go. Um, All yeah. Right. Well, All what, right. What are we talking about today? Black Sabbath. So that's always my go-to. Like whenever I do something, I always try and think of something related to Black Sabbath. <laughs> Black Sabbath and um, Obituary were like my two favorite bands. Uh, so I always, you know. Yeah. Man. As we always do when we're, whenever we have a guest, we ask you to pick the album. And so thank you very much for that. Why did you pick this one sp specifically? I'd originally picked um, Headless Cross, but then uh, oh, you guys that have one. done We've that. done it already. We've <laughs> done a few Sabbath ones. Yeah. So he, he had suggested Cross Purposes and I said, oh, what the hell? That's cool. It, this is a kind of a neat album because it's uh geezer butler coming back onto it kind of makes it more of a black sabbath album yeah that was something i noticed when i was reading up about it today because we have done a couple tony martin albums and uh because we did we even did a tony martin solo record which i don't recommend that but <laughs> <laughs> tony martin always always intrigued me because you know you're you're tony nomi you're black sabbath um you got you could pick anybody in the world you know and he picks i always to me tony martin's kind of like an auto-tune deal like he kind of sings the same structures kind of has yeah, his, yeah but he just sounds more cleaner or whatever you have yeah. put it so he, whenever he totally go with that yeah whenever he's singing anything from the back catalog he sings it with that do grit mm -hmm. and whenever he's singing anything on record he sings it like ozzy but much better right <laughs> he's he's an interesting character but this is the only album he was on with Black Sabbath that I would even consider a Black Sabbath record. Right. And, you know, I have um, Duncan was kind enough to gift to me uh, TYR tier. I still don't know how to pronounce that stupid thing, yeah. but I and I've also got uh, Eternal Idol and there's no geezer. Black right. Sabbath to me is is the marriage of those two guys. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those two guys, you don't really have Black Sabbath. Right. And geezer. I mean, you've got the the stars and Ozzy and Dio and then Tony and Omi. Geezer Butler is always, you know, not he, not a star, not a whatever, but he he was the driving force in the original lineup and original everything. I mean, he wrote loads of the lyrics and everything. I think he wrote almost all the lyrics in the almost all, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, totally. So totally. he he's the potatoes in your beef stew, man. Nobody's coming for him, but it's not right without him. Right, right. I like analogies that are stupid, so <laughs> it's a good one. Though. And I, I mean, I like the the thing with this album that I'd never heard this one before. And what intrigued me about it is that um, I guess the circumstances of it, because they mm. um, got back together the Mob Rules lineup with them, um, Vinnie Appice on drums, and then um, of course Ronnie James Dio on vocals. So they'd done that in like about '92, something like that, um, and then released Dehumanizer. Um, which I think we did that one, Nick, didn't we? No, we did. No, we hadn't done that because it's, I guess, because it's kind of not forgotten. It's sort of, um, I guess, it's considered to be a classic one again. But um, we did the tour. We did the the concerts with Rob Halford singing for that tour. That's right. Because then Rob basically Dio then just walks out of the band because um, he not going to open for a clown. Yeah, he's not right. going to open for a clown. That clown being Ozzy Osbourne. So they're booking themselves on this kind of Ozfest type of thing, supporting Ozzy. And Dio says, "No way, I'm not doing it." So then 
they ship in to go back to Judas Priest, Rob Halford for like two shows or three shows or whatever it was, who kind of just vamps it and does an admirable job. It's a bit weird, but, but you know, um, it's great to watch um, watch those videos. Hey, it was he gets an E for effort for those shows. He does not get an A for quality, though. Right. Yeah, no, true. Ex- exactly. You know, it's very hit and miss with possibly more miss than hit, but um, <laughs> it's not the right. Yeah. For that, yeah. And, th- and then at some point they go, right, well, what are we going to do then? We've got to carry on as a band. Um, you know, what? who's the singer going to be? And then I guess they go with the tails between their legs, crawling back to Tony Martin and say, you know, hi. Well, and we, I'm as we discussed, about that. <laughs> as we discussed on the Tony Martin solo record, he came back for Dehumanizer for like three days. Ah uh, yes, I remember now. So yeah. Ronnie comes back. Something happens, which we couldn't fit. We couldn't. We couldn't suss that out. And then Tony Martin comes back for like three days, and he goes, "No, I'm gonna go back and do my solo record." Yeah. And then Dio comes back, and then Dio yeah. leaves, and then Martin comes back. It's. I really feel like those who should have just had a duel. <laughs> just, I mean, come on, just fight to the death. Whoever lives is permanently in Black Sabbath, and. It'll, you know, it'll, it'll be like, you know, marrying the queen. You marry the queen, you can't get divorced. So it'll just, we'll just do that. I've been watching a lot of The Crown lately. (laughs) Okay, see, I've never watched it. So you probably know about more about the British royal family than I do. I think we care more about them than most English people do. Probably because we don't have to pay for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes a lot of sense, you know. Uh, yeah. Any, anyway, moving swiftly on from that before we get down a rabbit hole, <laughs> whatever. Um. So yeah, this this album then. So Bobby Rondinelli on drums. I'm not quite sure what happened with Vinnie Apice. It just says he went he, with Dio. I, I, think I was going to say went maybe he went with Dio. So there you go. Um, he was on. Uh, he was on the next couple of Dio records and tours. There you go. There you go. Um, and then basically, so um, yeah, this this album um, eventually comes out and um, didn't seem to have I don't know, very mixed reception. To be honest, I, I wouldn't say it's, ha- it's got a terrible reception from what I can see here, but just very very mixed. Some people see, really liked it and said we were when, back to the classic Sabbath, and others said no, this is awful. Um, when you say reception, yeah. that implies that it made a ripple. <clears throat> Well, there you go. I mean, I think it got to, uh, let me just have a look. The album hit number nine in Finland and Sweden. It hit number 41 in the UK, but number 122 in the US. So it did that well in the US? Well, exactly. So for Black Sabbath, I mean, if you compare that to Dehumanizer, I'm sure that's way, way down. Dehumanizer Um, actually had radio play. It actually had video play. That's Mm -hmm. something that I completely don't understand about America. In America, if Tony, if Tony Iommi is singing with Dio or Ozzy, or Ozzy singing, Ozzy or Dio singing with Tony, the press will cover it. Yeah, yeah. So if it's I'm anybody just... else, nope. Part exactly. of the problem is like the original email that we had, we had um, done. You had mentioned a Motley Crue album. That you guys had done a show on a Motley Crue album and self-titled. And yeah, that's the same thing. My wife is a huge Motley Crue fan and. Me, not so much, but like I, she carts me around all their shows and all that crap. But that Molly, that album for that band, that was a really good album. Like a oh, lot amazing. of crew stuff is garbage. You know, that was a good album and everybody hated it because it wasn't Vince Neil. Like it didn't matter that it was good. <laughs> it it, was, it suffered it from uh, 90s too longism. Right. You know, all of a sudden we, we had more than 45 minutes on a CD. So let's fill it up. No. <laughs> No, yeah, no, no, you don't need to. We, all some we of that happened with this. Well, yes. Yeah. Oh, my. That's the I mean, that's the Tony Martin era in a nutshell. And to piggyback on something Duncan said, the Tony Martin era has its fans. There aren't very many. It's about as many fans as the Atlanta Thrashers had before they moved because they didn't have enough fans. But there, there, there are plenty. Wow. I mean, look, I totally get Headless Cross. I, I get it. I don't feel like it's quite Black Sabbath, but I totally get it. It's the, them the trying so hard to yeah. be Black Sabbath. So I'm interested in what Jim thinks. I'll just, so, so basically for me, 
The Aussie era really is classic Sabbath, but I also love the Dio era, and I kind mm. of almost think of them as two bands. I feel that I think Nick prefers Dio, but Correct. also rates Aussie as classic. So, what's your take, um, Jim? Do you love the Tony Martin era as well? Do you have a favorite era? Aussie's my favorite era, not as much because of Aussie, but more because of the the song, the riffs, and the songs. You know, I, see, I like those songs yeah. better with Dio singing them. The first album I ever owned was Live Evil. And the Dio, the Dio albums are good because the the Dio albums, the original Black Sabbath was like a mix of a lot of things. Like everybody says that that's heavy metal, but a lot of it was blues, a lot of it was rock, yep. a lot of it was just fusion of all those different things. Where the Dio albums were heavy metal albums. There's heavy yeah, metal true. riffs. Yeah, it was basically they took War Pigs and went, everything we do is going to be based somewhere off of this song. Right, right. So I I, I like a lot of the older dirty stuff. And, but I also like the Dio stuff because it's, it it starts to transition and it's more of heavy metal. The Tony Martin stuff, I can take it or leave it. I like parts of it and some of it. I I think what they, the biggest problem with the Tony Martin stuff is they should have called themselves something. <laughs> yeah, but if they called them... it, yeah, it just wasn't quite Black Sabbath, was it? I think that's right. how I feel about it. It just yeah. I but can take we, Dio as being Black Sabbath, but yeah, this you is can't so do that. You you cannot do that. I mean, I know we, we've said that a lot. They should call it something else. Right. Look what happened to Roger Waters. Mm, Roger true. Waters writes all of Pink Floyd's biggest hits, and he he plays in Cleveland, Ohio, and the next in a, like a two thousand three thousand theater, and the next day Pink Floyd is playing all of his songs in the football stadium. Mm. Yeah. I, I get it, man. I get it. The name ah. sells. And to be fair, it was the label that did that because I believe the first one with um oh, what's the guy Gillen. called? I, yeah, Gillen. Even Ian that one wasn't meant to be Black Sabbath. And the label were like, Yeah, thanks for the latest Black Sabbath album. And he's like, But it's not Black Sabbath. And they're like, Yes, it is. Thank you they, very much. He, Just so, change the logo. Goodbye. <laughs> if you if you believe what Tony says, and I have no reason not to, but if you believe what he says, he kept trying to change the name, and everybody's like, yeah. No, don't be dumb. Yeah. nobody's that, gonna nobody's gonna go to the tony iomi section at the record store nobody knows what that is and when i was a kid in the track and that song um trash came out i liked mm -hmm. that that was I, you know i was like this is yeah. you know hey, i like it it's just yeah weird yeah. it's yeah, it's it very weird. different it and it they even, had and a lot of the tony martin stuff too is the same thing as that is that they were just a clusterfuck like everything that they did through those periods was kind of like hodgepodge slap together tours slap together whatever you know they wound up not being able to fill you know venues it was just like they didn't do anything oh and there was one tour i was um headless cross i think it was where tony iomi's doing a signing or something and they didn't have any of their copies of their record in the store right <laughs> so everything <laughs> everything was just you know which never made sense to me i mean you're you know yeah it basically it it, it it there was never any push for the tony martin era mm. there was never any push for the other two eras like if you can even call them eras the uh ian gillen and glenn hughes um records it the the label only seemed i guess they cared about dio because one they don arden was still managing them mm. and he here was yeah it was don arden at that point i believe and he really pushed them forward and got them places but then after that you know with dio he he was a name to a point at mm -hmm. that moment and especially when he comes back the second time he is a major name and he had been filling stadiums and arenas on solo shows on solo tours then you get tony martin back <laughs> and who frankly in the hell is Tony Martin. Right. <laughs> well, I've, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like we're nearly ready to get into the track by track. But just before I do, the last track on this album, which we'll talk about when we get to it, but it's co-written by Eddie Van Halen, mm -hmm. apparently, uncredited because of restrictions with his label, Warner Brothers. I don't know if he plays on it or not. So uh, I, I've listened to it and I still don't know. Um, Wait, is that this what, one? I thought that was Forbidden. No, it's this one. I don't know what that's about. It's Evil Eye, track 10. 
it's co-written by Eddie Van Halen and it's like unclear whether he plays on it because he's not even credited on the album. But um, well, Wikipedia says that anyway. There was it, something it, like that on Forbidden too, though. I think there was, yeah. It might it, it may was have Brian, been Brian May. It was Brian May. Brian May. Brian that's, May. Right. that's the one. That's the Which one. Which also makes just as much sense as Van Halen playing on right. a Black Sabbath track. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah. So basically, right. oh, the only other thing to say is that Bobby Rondinelli left the recording sessions for Quiet Riot's album Terrified when he got asked to join Black Sabbath after Apathy had left. So he just went, yeah, bye. Yeah, it's Black Sabbath. See you later. I'm not interested. Or I don't know if he literally quit the band, but it, it kind of sounds like that. Um, so it says a lot for the, where the state of the band is at that time. If, if you're going to leave to go do some, you know, Quiet Riot was at best whatever in, you know, 1983 or whatever that was, but in the 90s to, to say, well, screw Black Sabbath, I'm going to go yeah, exactly. watched up Quiet Riot. It doesn't make any, you know. Oh, no, no, no. It was the other way around. No, it was, he'd been in Quiet Riot and then he left uh, he, he left them to join Black Sabbath. But Now, uh, that totally makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, that yeah. should be, I mean, that should be like the Holy Grail. Like, Black Sabbath, Tony Nomi calls you up. Yeah. You should be like, done. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll buy my own plane ticket. It's fine. Right. I'll be there. Yeah, like Exactly. <laughs> And, and yeah. I don't know if you like Quiet Riot or if you've heard anything after their second record. I never. But don't. Yeah. <laughs> I never got into them like when they came out and they were like the hip thing. And I was like, eh. They came out. I was eight years old and they captured my young imagination. And I still like the first album and a half to this day. We mm. also did uh, a series, uh, an episode on uh, the second album in Japan. Mm. That nobody's heard. You don't need to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> got Randy Rhodes on it, so that's cool. But anything yeah, I mean, that's a, Randy Rhodes on that album is on the Ozzy albums. He just some of those recycled. some of those bands and different things are cool just because you got you know you know, Rudy Sarzo, you know mm. Randy Rhodes, like all those guys are like kind of shuffling between different bands and different you know. Yeah, so when you get to Black Sabbath, Ozzy, the Black Sabbath, Ozzy and Dio camps basically were one heavy metal commune. Right in the eight and, and quite right in the eighties, it was just one heavy metal commune. It's like, oh, I need a drummer, pluck. Right, you know, we get let me get Rudy Sarzo back. He he's been he's been unemployed for eight minutes. He he could use a job again. And, and then, Deep Purple too, because oh yeah, know, yeah, you know, yeah. It's Ray Gillian. It is you know, yeah. there's a there's too many Gillians. I'm just gonna throw that out there. But right, let's right. <laughs> uh, introduce this. We'll, we'll we'll play the track next and. Yeah, so introduce that and let us know what we need to know about it. Uh, yeah, I can hear. Can we all still hear? I think we've. I think we're here. We're all good. No, it's all good. So I think. I think. Yeah, Jim, if you just tell us about the track before we um, play it, basically. Okay, which track? Um, for, uh, fueled by hatred. Oh, our track. Okay, we're yeah, gonna we're yeah, gonna yeah. play your track, and we're gonna take a quick. We're gonna <laughs> I, take a I was quick on, break. I was still on. Yeah, the sorry, we're gonna take a break. Play your track, then we come back and talk about all the tracks on cross purposes. There you go. So good thing about our songs is they're pretty easy to talk about because it's just it is what it is. Like the title title says, fueled by hatred. That's what the song's about. You know, uh, this album was a little angrier than other stuff that we've written, just because you know we wrote this com coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, everything. You know. I think we were all pretty pissed off and, you know, we had a lot of cool things set up as a band too. Like, you know, yeah. we had a ton of, we had the album Dissonance was our album that we put out in 2019 and we built, we did a lot of good shows. We we're, um, our Spotify plays were going crazy. Like we we're on a good place and then that happened, boom, you know, kicks a chair out from underneath you. So we wrote our second um, full length with this desk called Grip, and we released that in 2020. But without doing shows and being a nobody band, it's hard to you know get anything going. So like, we were kind of like agitated and pissed off when we wrote the CP. So a lot of it is, you know, fueled by hatred is yeah. pretty much. That's Sounds what good. It is. We will uh, we'll play that, and we'll be right back. Okay. Sorry, I got the oh, there's the button. Fuck you. You won't 
back hope you loved that track get back oh damn it i went back to buy i went anyway uh let's go track by track oh okay all right let's do this right so track one um this is so this is cross purposes by black sabbath is the album uh 1994 track one eyewitness so jim tell us what tell us about your feelings on this track so this Kind of like this whole album, it's like, uh, this is where I go, it kind of feels like a hodgepodge. Like, this opens up, this is, you know, it's a good riff. The song picks up, steady pace. The best part of this song is the chorus, and it doesn't come in until, like, the second half of the song. I'm like, you know, so it starts to get a little redundant, and then that riff comes in, and you're like, damn, this is, you know, that maybe should have been the main riff to the whole song anyways. Like, it, so overall, it's a good song coming into the album, and uh, I... It just feels like a lot of these. It feels like they missed something, like it, you know. Like, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I said I'm not going to say much, and I won't say much, but I will say this: this song is like a lot of the songs in this album, where Tony Iommi's guitar, his riffs and his tones sound like a like like a super soaker, mm-hmm. rather than the machine gun that he normally sounds like. He's just spraying this stuff everywhere, right. and it's just like I don't know what you're doing. Do you know what you're doing? And <laughs> nobody, nobody had the guts to tell him no. Right. Well, I do you know what I liked it. I, I I look. I think straight away when the Jeff Nichols's keyboards start dominating and he's that. I didn't say I didn't that, like it. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. Um, but but look, basically too much keyboards, too much keyboards. But love the riffs. I really like the energy of it, and it was it kind of surprised me. Um, I think I just always set myself up with these Tony Martin Sabbath albums. I set myself up to be disappointed and actually um, kind of wasn't. I mean, of course, Tony Martin sounds a bit like Dio and you think, yeah, he's doing his Dio thing again. But, um, and I totally agree with what Jim said about the structure of it's a bit weird, but yeah, you know, good, good tune. It, It was also the first time that a Tony Martin song sounded like Black Sabbath. Right, right. Yeah. And my point was, it could have been a great tune if they had a, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. It, it, good the chorus are good. And the chorus riff, I, I, you really get into it. So if they had a, like, you know... And uh, things around. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. And All right. While so, we wear that one, let's put on the cr- the cross of thorns. Oh, wait, that yeah. doesn't work because it's cross, not crown. Yeah, That's, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear, the, wear the cross of thorns. Um, all right, <laughs> so, yeah, Jim, go. What do you think? Cross of thorns, track two. My one of my biggest rules is no ballads. Right. <laughs> so like, no so, ballads. Well, I mean, not only is it a ballad, but it's a bad one. 
So yeah. and it's they, like you gear up, you got you know the first song, you're like okay, ready to then, go, boom. What the hell is this? Like you, know. you don't sl- and and you know what ballads you got to put them in the right spot. Mm-hmm. You don't well, put them on the, the second gym, track. Not put them in the trash can. In the like, trash can. Yeah, for exactly. me, they have a place. The place is not track two. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that, I, I wrote down no ballads and album killer. Like that's how you <laughs> that's how you kill the whole album. Like you know. Yeah, you I mean, peak ear interest and then just. Poof, all right, shut it off. So that was like a bad, bad place to put that song. Like, yeah, I, I totally agree with it. Wrong place for it. I didn't think it was the worst I've ever heard. Um, I kind of thought when the the intro was awful. It just just synth cheese and guitar arpeggio was awful. Um, I thought once it kicked in, it kind of started to bring in some okay riffs, actually, some nice slow Sabbathy riffs. So I, I thought it kind of redeemed itself. But yeah, this was definitely a big dip from the first track. So, yeah. All right. Well, track three, Psychophobia. What do you think, uh, Jim? Take us, take it away. <laughs> this is a filler track. Yes. <laughs> is, we, we only have X amount of songs. What the hell do we do? Shit, quick. Okay, there you go. There's a song. Yeah, that's what I got to feel from that. It's just, if, and if we take out this three minutes, we don't lose anything off the album. It's still a full 44 minutes instead of 44, 47, 12. So, yeah, yeah. And that, like, that that was like a song they even like talked about. Oh, I wrote this song about this and that, and I'm like, you know, you didn't need to, right? I, I think no, sorry. go to go. It just it goes back to this the slap together theory. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, I think there is some of that. I, yeah, I think yeah, for me, this there. and what I don't understand about it is like the placement. Of what... Yeah, the the tracking of this album is weird to be nice. It'd be nice. I'm going to say it's weird rather than just God awful. Yeah. Sorry. It, it was cutting in and out. Um, that's why I just accidentally oh, cut oh. you off there, Jim. I thought you'd stop, but it seems to be fine now. Um, but yeah, for me, this one was like, a, there's quite a lot of Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked a lot of the riffs, actually. I liked the the main sort of intro riff that carried on for a lot of it. Um, I thought it was quite um, heavy and quite a punishing way for Sabbath. And I liked that. Um but then the way Tony Martin's singing is kind of very Led Zeppelin bluesy, and it's like, eh, does this quite work? And then they bring in more keyboard. And, and do you know what? In the end, I actually I went away from that track thinking, yeah, you know what? I I, I like it. But but yeah, I take I take all your points. Um, but eh, kind of worked for me, sort of in a strange way. Cool. Well, it, it's virtually dead, so let's move on to virtual. Hey, <laughs> back for virtual death. Go on, tell us, tell us your thoughts. This should have been the first song on the album because right off the bat, there's geezer. There's the tone, the sound, the riff, the whole thing. There it is, and it it jumps right into here's a, a Tony Nomi doom riff. This is Black Sabbath. Like that's if they had started the album off with that, it would have given you, you know. I yeah, I mean, it. proper tracking of a record is going to turn a shitty record into a good one, right? And uh, and a midland record like this one into a great one. And I think that this this is another one of these weird songs. Like every song on this album is kind of weird in the fact that you're like, there it is. There now I hear it. Yeah, yeah. Then- every song is is you're you're listening to it, going, is it or isn't it? Is and then all of a sudden you're like, hell yes, Black Sabbath is finally yeah. here. And yep, then they're yeah. like, but we're not going to do that for a song. Right. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they then the vocals come in and it almost feels like grungy. It almost feels like Allison Chains yeah. or something. It's like exactly. You're reading my notes, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. like, but it is cool. But it's just then it changes from you had the Black Sabbath thing ready to kick in gear. And you backed off a little bit. <laughs> they always back off. They, they to me, this, every song is the same. In the fact that it gives you a little, it gives you a taste. Here's a spoonful of ice cream, but mm-hmm. we're gonna put the carton away because you don't get it now. Right, right. And I do like this song. I like, I like, I do like it. But it's I, still, I, I, it was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it, it is strange. And I heard the Allison Change thing straight away, and I thought, does it work? And I went, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll just say that it does. Let's just. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds like Do doing Allison Change. Fine. Let's it, just it does work. It it does and, um, work, but it does not give me what I want. 
I know what you mean. But what mm. I did want that it did give me in some of those uh, moments were those really sluggish, classic, slow Sabbath riffs. And it's like, and like Jim said about the geezer, geezer's bass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so, yes, there's it really does, you know, the the classic Sabbath sound is there, but it's just not there for the whole song. Basically. You're right. It's never there for a song. You could take out yeah. the classic Black Sabbath part of every one of these songs and make a killer goddamn 12 minute Black Sabbath tune. <laughs> right. All right. And that would be an immaculate album. Um, and there we go. So track five, Immaculate Deception. Do you see what they did there? Quite like that title. Oh, yeah. Quite like I, that I, I quite dislike it, actually. I think it's <laughs> all dumb. Right, all right. All right. <laughs> well, Jim, take it away. This song was this is a good song. It's just not a, for me, like back to the same thing. It's not quite a black set. This is it's a really cool riff that the song's done around, but this is a rock song. This isn't a black Sabbath song. Yeah, it's it's, more of a the, the, for some reason they can't seem to make a Tony Martin rec or a Black Sabbath album with Tony Martin. Right. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. and it's it, not it, Tony it, Martin's fault. Right. I, I totally Tony Martin is a perfectly good singer. He perfectly fits in well with this band. He is able to straddle the two sides of the river. But for some reason, when they come to making stuff for him, they're like, "Well, you're really not Dio or Ozzy, so you're not you're not going to get our A work. You're you're not going to get the A songs. You're going to get the B and the C songs." Yeah, I know what you mean. It, yeah, I, I like the riff. The, the, I think the riff's great, and it's actually in five four time for those music uh, musician nerds out there. It sounds like it's in four, but it's got a little extra beat on the end, and it's actually in five if you count it. And I thought that's a cool riff, but just stop with the keyboards way right. too much. Like, why do they need all these keyboards to make it sound like supposedly kind of gothic and stuff? It just makes it sound really cheesy and unsabbathy. Well, so. They and fell in love with type. Sorry. They, they, wrong uh, type of keyboards. Yeah, wrong type. Of they keyboards. fell in love with their own legend, just like Kiss fell in love with their own legend. And you know, Kiss all of a sudden, oh, we were this big scary band. No, you weren't. You wrote songs about picking up chicks in a ladies' room. No, that's not mm-hmm. scary. Well, I mean, it's scary, but not in the way you think. And then <laughs> Black Sabbath falls in love with their legend. Oh, we were this terrifying band, and everything we did was doomy and blah 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 and gothic. And I'm like, clearly, you've never heard changes. Sweet leaf. Uh, yeah. I mean, I you the entirety of the back half of the Ozzy Osbourne catalog. It's, it's like, yeah. no, you guys were everything all at once and never anything. You just you 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 launched the boat, but you weren't driving it. Anyway. There you go. All right, but I like the solo, by the way, and I like I like when it goes fast towards the end. And look, I, I this is to me this is a good song overall. I I would lose the keyboards, and yeah, is it Sabbath? Is it not? I don't know, but good. But song. I mean, that's what I mean. They, they the the whole weird gothic and scary. That's why Tony's like keyboards everywhere, everywhere. Keyboards, yes, scary. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, I bet you're dying for some classic Black Sabbath now. Um, so, uh, Dying for Love, track six. I already um, heard Killing Yourself to Live. Is that you? I mean, I don't need it again. All right. Well, Jim, go for it. Dying for Love. What, what do you What do you think? This is kind of like the song, you know, song before is a, is a rock song. This is a blues song. So, yeah. You know, it worked really well with with Glenn Hughes on that record, but yeah, that's yeah, Glenn, but that's Glenn Hughes. And in this, it, if they scrunch this down, they might have been a better song. But it's just because it's it's got cool parts in it, but it kind of each part kind of just rambles on too long, and then you just that is every song on this record. There's nothing obnoxiously long, but there's no songs the right length. Every one of them is too long, and it almost it, it starts off to feel like a like a blues tune, and then it almost it almost it's waffling in that ballad direction, and it's like okay, yeah. get out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I thought this started off like what I would call coffee table music. It's like got that emotional lead <laughs> that's just terrible and <laughs> loads like synths all over the place. No, I love, I love oh synths. God. These are the wrong sort of synths. But then for some reason, strangely, when he brings in the goth rock guitars, which is not a very Sabbathy thing to do, really, but actually, it's something kind of hit with me. And I'm like, okay, actually, I can go with this. Um, 
and it's on the it's on the border for me. Um, but it just about scrapes through, like somehow. I mean, this is not the best track. I'm, I'm damning. Just about scrapes here. through. Like, it just I, about I, scrapes through. I love it when I mean, Duncan gets so insulting because the most <laughs> insulting thing Duncan can say is, "Well, it's not awful." <laughs> 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 well there you go there you go i like that accent nick that was very good thank you thank you i've been practicing I've been practicing <laughs> right well let's get back to what we're supposed to be talking about which is the next track back to eden um uh, yeah jim go for it so so this kind of picks back up and it, it, you know you waffle through some of those songs and this kind of picks back up into the you know more of a heavy metal tempo-ish song and it for what it is it's all right I'm like, this, this has some good lead work in it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. However, I, I mean, I will say at this point on the album, I'm like real checked out because it's so, it's, it's so, it's one of those albums that changes so much that it sounds the same all the time because mm -hmm. of the, the, they waffle everything. Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, there were too many keyboards in this, but other than that, I kind of agree with what Jim said, really quite catchy chorus, catchy riff. Um, it feels like on the riff, there's like brass stabs that must be on the keyboard, like almost going. Da -da 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 -da. And it's I don't know why they would do that, but I'm not imagine. I listened to it twice to check if it was just my earphones making it weird. <laughs> Those speakers, and it's like, no, there's something there going. Da -da 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 -da. And I don't know why they made like, let's just bring the Tower of Power horn section into a Black Sabbath song. But um, well, have you? But, I mean, they had a choir a good riff. on. What was, good it? Riff. what was it? Uh, some song off Sabotage, uh, Superstar, or whatever they bring in, like this angelic choir for a 12 minute instrumental song. It's, I mean, they every now and again they just decide, you know what, you know, it would make perfect sense this thing that makes no sense to anyone. Let's do that, yeah. FX, that's the best Black Sabbath song, you know, that one oh, where he's God. knocking his um. He made some really, really innovative noises on his guitar by knocking his cross necklace against the guitar with some effects pedals. And it just basically sounds like, it just sounds like a, a click sound. But I mean, look, I mean, look, you know, Black Sabbath are obviously one of the most innovative bands of all time. I'm pretty, so I'm pretty sure a, that song was written entirely by cocaine, though, in fairness. Yeah. That, was the, that was the album where they were, yes, they were definitely into that somewhat. Um, well, okay, the hand that rocks the cradle. I don't have a pun for that, but that's what this is. The next well, track. it's uh, well, well, this this song is about as good as this song today is as good as watching the movie of the same name. Oh, From I don't the same know. time frame actually. Oh, okay. The uh, the the movie was about a nanny who whose husband or a lady whose husband is a gynecologist and gets sued for violating his patients. And then commit suicide, and then his wife decides to get uh, revenge on the family that brought it, that that announced it. I see. Interesting. Yeah, it, it was just, It was it just as good. The... Right. Okay. Just as good okay. as it sounded. I see. Okay. All right. Well, Jim, go <laughs> go on. What do you what do you rate of, of this? It is. Eh, it's it, it. It just sounds like a crappy rock song to me. <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I was like, eh. I, I mean, you know what? Yeah, I thought it was kind of terrible to start with. And then when it kicked in fastish and kind of Zeppelin-y, I actually quite quite liked it. And I thought there was a good solo. So when Duncan but, says terrible, went, what he means is it's the worst song he's heard in about six months. <laughs> <laughs> terrible means excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> but look, genuinely, it redeemed us. But by the end, I was nodding my head along. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I don't know. Again, it's, maybe it's my expectations. I always Duncan is so polite. So much for these. <laughs> so polite. He is so. You can do it. Every song he hears, you can do it. You can be good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, we don't want to commit a cardinal sin by insulting Black Sabbath, but um, <laughs> that's what we're doing. The next track is Cardinal Sin. So this uh, song originally was supposed to be Sin Cardinal Sin. However, which is what they sing. yeah. However, they didn't print it on the label, so they went, "Ah, whatever." Yeah. And apparently, there wasn't enough money to reprint this one because this yeah. album came out on the very prestigious IRS Records, <sighs> which I don't even know why you would name your album that. I mean, that is not. Right, that's not a good. <laughs> Why? 
<laughs> Although I guess it would get people to buy your shit. Oh, look, this yeah. is from the IRS. They want money. Okay. <laughs> you run from that. You know what? <laughs> oh, okay. That's Inland Revenue Service in the US, is it? Internal. 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 Internal, right. You see, I didn't know what you were talking about. Tax oh, man. We have HM, HMRC, uh, um, Her Majesty, His Majesty's Revenue and Customs. So there you go. That's what we have. Yeah. <laughs> right. and this, uh, I, this song, it, not a bad song. You know, this is right. probably Tony Martin's, like, crowning achievement with black sabbath and it's, it's it starts it has like evil tones to it it starts to be it's more of a heavy metal song it's kind of it feels like a black sabbath song it does it's you know it could be i'm gonna disagree be with this i Ooh. i did not like this one at all because i just thought it was a complete ripoff of cashmere by led zeppelin and and but they're doing the <laughs> da, 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 okay. And there's too, and and they've just got way too much keyboard with all these orchestral keyboard sounds. It just right. so no, but I liked the bit of the end where it got fast and riffy and the solo. But no, I thought it was just where it was like what Nick said about oh, we've got to be spooky because we're Black Sabbath, so let's get lots of orchestral gothic choir type sounds, and then let's rip off Kashmir by Led Zeppelin. So no, for them, for me, this one was a no no. But you know, if I you want to be I spooky. Didn't... The, the band definitely to rip off is Led Zeppelin. Those well, guys are terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, when I heard that, I didn't make that connection, but that you nailed it with that. That you're, yeah, you're 100% right. Duncan, I mean, Duncan gets it. He always yeah. gets it. He, he's, he's usually too nice to the songs, but he, he definitely gets them. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I haven't got a pump for this one, so I'm just going to go for it. Evil Eye, which is the final track. There, there is a bonus track on the Japanese edition, which I didn't listen to. Uh, the so this... title of the bonus track is What's the Use? And that probably says it all. So um, Yeah, I feel like it does. Evil Eye. Um, this is the one that's co-written by Eddie Van Halen, and does he play on it? I don't know. It might be him. But go on, Jim, you tell us what your thoughts are. This is the best song on my album, I think. And you know, oh, I wish I didn't have ear fatigue by the time this one came up. <laughs> this is it just it was it's a nifty riff the leads are good and this sounded you know this is more of a it sounded more like it should you know yeah yeah i i like this one a lot um some great leads and i still don't know whether some of those are van, van halen and may well be um so this is like driving dark bluesy gothic metal and but really cool and yeah he sounds like dio and yeah he says kiss the rainbow and you're like oh did you really do you <laughs> oh yeah there? i know wow. i do remember okay. that i do but remember still, that but still it's great and then like when they bring the harmonies on the riff so instead of the da 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 da, da you've got like da 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 and it's like yeah that's what you should be doing with a right. kind of classic sabbathy riff so just less of the keyboards please but apart from that um yeah i really like this one a lot you um, i mean really for me you have described this whole record just right there there are times when like when eyewitness started coming out of my speakers when i heard that at the very beginning this morning and i'm like wow i've just realized that's sorry to stop you that's a pun eyewitness like your eye with sorry i really didn't get that that's a pun. i didn't i didn't i didn't know there's, there's a eyewitness. lot of really terrible terrible puns on this record and you I just said eyewitness that. and i thought what does he mean eyewitness is that a different band and i'm like <laughs> Oh, mind blown is anyway sorry yeah there's yeah. lots of puns and i don't like black sabbath doing puns i mean come on it's no but yeah. so the, the 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 first chords come out of that and the first riff comes out and it even it doesn't even sound like tony iomi from the past 15 years it sounds like tony iomi in the first couple of records when he was still playing that gibson single coil pickup SG through the not even a distortion pedal but a treble booster through I mean that sound that that quintessential Black Sabbath sound mm -hmm. and it's like it's like a little bit of bait and I'm just like oh that's so tasty that is lovely and then they go nope and <laughs> it, the thing about this album is if this were Tony Martin's first Black Sabbath record I think the Tony Martin era would have been uh, somebody actually would have cared about mm. it happening because this is a great start. This, yeah. this is, this is a good, you know, especially when you consider brand new drummer, brand new singer, 
Tony and and Geezer had only been back together again for about eighteen months at this point. Mm-hmm. You know this 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 is a whole new world for Tony Iommi. That's, yeah, even though there's a lot of similar you know a lot of similar stuff, and it still comes out in parts to be really really good. And there's a lot of really good potential here that was never realized. And... Yeah, never realized, and they never. It just like I, I I keep saying the same thing about it being hodgepodge, but that's just totally what like you know they had good ideas and then just buried them with other shit. And is it National yeah. Act? What song? What what album is um? Am I going insane on? Uh, Sabbath, Don't Bloody Sabbath. People, am I? I can't remember. I can't remember which National album. Acrobat. Whatever, but that album is kind of like. It's a good hodgepodge. Like things keep changing. You know, that song comes on, and you're like, "Whoa, what, what is this?" But then you're like, "Oh, it's good." This yeah. just never—they never tapped into the good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with that. With sabotage, by the way, sabotage. sabotage. That's it. I, I do like that one. I know. I don't like that one. I think I that's where. Was, yeah. I thought that was where the Aussie Sabbath uh, really lost the plot. I like, can understand that. I still really like it, but but I think what I think you probably probably for that reason that they start to go a bit all over the place, and I can see why you might not uh, like it. But but no, this one. So look, yeah, I have to say maybe part of this is my expectations being lower because I'm thinking, look, Tony Martin here a Sabbath. I never feel like it's proper Sabbath. There's been some pretty not great stuff from that era we've listened to, but. Overall, I was surprised by how strong this was. There were some really, really good, strong, classic Sabbath moments. Now, yeah, there's not enough of them for this to really feel like it's up there with the Dio or Aussie eras. It's not. Don't get me wrong. It's not up there with the Glenn Hughes era. No, and there's way. Well, you know, maybe I think I could probably. Okay, say I might. Okay, I might be. I, but yeah, I take that back. That was a bit mean. <laughs> there's a lot, there's too many keyboards. The songs need restructuring. They need to ditch some of the ballady nonsense, you know. Um, but I, overall, there's a lot of great stuff here. And I didn't find myself, sometimes when we do these albums that I'm kind of expecting to be terrible, I hear track one and I go, oh, that's that's not that terrible. It's, oh, I'm going to like this. Then I get to track two, three, four, five, and I'm like, yeah, now, now I'm used to it. I've, I've, yeah, the, the rock is- set in. I didn't do that. It was always... I did do that. A lot of weird bits and bits I didn't like, but overall, you know what? Listen with caution, but I really would say this is about as good as it's going to get for Black Sabbath without it being Dio or Ozzy. And it's just about, just about, I can accept this as Black Sabbath. I am going to hard disagree (laughs) on that because uh, the, the Ian Gillen record was much better than this. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, to be honest, I think I'm not really, yeah, I agree with that, yeah, so I take what I'd said back, and I would say, apart from the, now this makes it sound even worse, apart from the Ian Gillen era, this is about <laughs> as good as it gets, so yeah, look, approach with caution, but you know. It, it's, it's it's a C minus, there's a good album in here, but they lost it. Yeah. I, and I, if this was anybody else but these guys... If this was just some random band, you say, "Oh, this is a pretty good album for said random band." Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah I think it, so. Yeah, entirely. So we got to do spin it. We got to do spin it or bin it. Then, so look, I'm I am going to go spin it on this one because I just think it is a decent album. I think there are problems with it, and yeah, I, I, look, I, I I think I can just about accept it as Black Sabbath very tenuously. Um, but if we just forget, like Jim was just saying, just forget for a second that it's Black Sabbath and think of it as Iomi, Butler and some other people, I think it's pretty strong overall. Like maybe a, a uh, six, I, you know, six, I six, six, six out of ten, like we're getting into three yeah. star, three star territory. I think we're there. Three star territory. I don't you know. know if we're at, I think it. we're at, I think we're at two star territory, but okay. that's. Uh, yeah, I, I can agree with most of that, and I could definitely I could say spin it. This is something that I would want to listen to again. Cool, Jim, you've just got to give us your spin it or bin it verdict. Yeah, probably bin it because <laughs> <laughs> the way I the way I would judge something is if if it's coming through um, on my iPod, am I going to skip it 
immediately and i'm probably going to skip it immediately because for I, me for me spin it or bin it is will i do i ever want to hear this again right and i i do want to hear it again however it may get a bin it, it, it this is a low spin it for me a very low that next time might be the last time but and that's the problem with it being black sabbath is that exactly you hear oh this is a black sabbath song but then you're like oh i want to hear i want to i'm going to skip this and get to a, a proper black sabbath nib or something yeah right. exactly yeah. All right. Well, I I'm gonna go ahead and just rope this up and call it a day. Absolutely. Uh, Sick Bay, check that out. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the song that we played earlier, and the we will be putting the Bandcamp link in the description. Do not forget Bandcamp Friday comes up in what two weeks? Something like that. Yeah. Two Sounds weeks. Right. Three weeks at three Fridays three after weeks. after your this hits your ear holes. So you anyway, uh, Duncan, anything? Any final words? No, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening, Jim. Thank you for joining in with us this week. And everybody, we will check you next week. Thank you for listening. Definitely. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks for being here. Bye. Yeah, totally. Bye.